Season two, Rehoboth, Open Spaces. For your reference, Genesis chapter 26, verse 22. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. John chapter 7, verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Psalm chapter 18, verse 19. The Lord brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. So um, I knew that it was time for um, me to kind of wrap up um, what I'm now calling season one of Broken Places and Broken Spaces. Um, I've been praying um, and, you know, trying to really discern the direction that the Lord was leading me in terms of... um, uh, you know, where to go, because this podcast is all about healing those places in, uh, in us allow, and really allowing the Lord, learning how to submit our hurts, submit our pain, submit our trauma to the Lord so that he can heal us because we can't fully continuously elevate in him and go deeper in the knowledge of him and um, be prepared to fully walk into purpose and destiny. If we have these broken places and broken spaces within us, we have to learn how uh, to to continuously yield them to him so that he can do exactly what he said in his word. He is the one that has come to mend the brokenhearted. He is the one that has come to set the captive free. He is the one that's come to give sight to the blind. Um, these are all of the things that he has promised us and that he has told us in his word um, that he would do. So season one really dealt with, you know, many of the issues and challenges that we face. And of course, I, I'm sure there's some things I missed. I know there are some things that I, I had even intended on, um, talking about that I haven't, I didn't get to, but yet I still plan on, you know, if it's God's will covering. Um, but there was a lot of different, you know, issues and trauma and just, just different things that we experience in life. Um, that and how they come to hinder us and and really the Lord's um, you know giving me the unique ability to explain how they come to hinder us and how Satan uses these things these real life experiences these things that everyone in some way shape or form um, has gone through or has experienced yet Satan desires to use them as weapons to utterly destroy us and um, to keep us from promise and to steal our peace and, you know, even sometimes to take us out of here to, you know, to, to uh, take our life. And so um, ironically, season two being named Rehoboth, which is a word that means broad places or open spaces, um, is, it, it was like the perfect turning point because, but what I'm going to talk about in this uh, episode briefly is, Yes, we have these experience, experiences. Yes, we go through these things, but we can't stay there. We cannot waddle in them. We can't allow the enemy to keep us, amen, in this place of bondage where now we're not growing in God. We're not 
developing healthy relationships. We are bleeding on the very people that's coming into our lives that care about us and love us and you know, God, the people that God is sending. But because of all of this hurt, all of this pain, all of this trauma, we've got our strongholds, we've got our walls, we've got our you know, um, distrust of people, we've got wrong ways of looking at things, wrong mindsets, wrong behaviors, all based out of these experiences. We can't stay in that place. God does not desire us to stay in that place. Just like the children of Israel who were in slavery um, in Egypt, yes, this was something that God allowed. It was a part of his plan, but it was not his intention that they stayed there. And even after delivering them, they wanted to go back. Like as they were facing the unknown, as they were trying to, and thank you, Jesus, because this was not even in my notes, but as they were pressing, as they were going from the here, which was Egypt, moving through the wilderness and trying to get to there, which was the promised land, in that middle space, in that space in between, they were complaining, they were, you know, fearful, they were doubting, they didn't know where where they were going, they didn't know what to expect. But what they knew was that hard place, that desert place, that dry place, that bondage place of Egypt. And their uh, their thought was, well, just take us back to what we know, because we have no idea where we're going. We have no idea what's happening. You know, Moses is supposedly following, you know, God whom we cannot see. And, you know, even though God has been the God of our our forefathers, but Nevertheless, just take us back to what we know, right? So, and that was not God's intention. So, <clears throat> God is just amazing in how He d- does things. Because again, I've been praying for direction. Okay, Lord, where does where where do I take the podcast next? Um, and I know that this this uh subject matter is you know it can be extensive, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. I don't. I I feel like um we and this is not in the notes either, but I I it needs to be said. I feel like we are in this time of uh, trauma culture where all of a sudden everyone recognizes that we have been traumatized. You've, you've got trauma-informed care. You've got trauma-informed teaching, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now we've got all of these um you know, facts that are becoming like buzzwords. You know, we've dealt with narcissists. We've, we're dealing with toxic people, toxic family members. And I'm not saying that it's not important to recognize these things. But now what I'm starting to notice is that they are becoming a badge of honor where now people will continuously talk about how they've been traumatized and how, you know, certain things are triggering them based on their trauma. But when do we move out of the recognition that yes, we have been hurt. Yes, we need to heal and then actually start doing the work to heal. At what point do we move beyond constantly um, uh, broadcasting and blasting forth? I've been hurt. I've been traumatized. I got issues. I, you know, I, I'm, and even like, you know, even kind of like waving the flag of I'm in therapy. All of these things are are great. And it's great that, you know, you know, like the first step in, you know, when you have an addiction is, you know, admitting that you have a problem. Right. So all of this is great. But I feel like um, we ha- we have this culture going on where people are stuck in this place. And it's like almost what people are to me are not seeing is you're waddling in it. It's like I've been girl, I've been hurt. I've been traumatized. I, I recognize that's why I keep getting into these bad relationships. That's why I have problems with this and then the third. But then it's like, okay, 
recognition and I'm staying there. It's like, okay, we recognize it. We recognize we need therapy. We recognize we need to pray more. We recognize, okay, now, now how do we go about the actual work? What's the next step? And so um, even to the extent where some of the literature and advice that is coming out of this trauma culture is, it, and I'm going to say my usual disclaimer, if you are professing salvation, if you're professing trust in the Father and belief in Jesus Christ, some of the advice and some of the literature that is being put out goes direct, it is directly contradictory to the word of God directly some of the it's like um you it's giving you this right to be angry it's giving you this right to i'm gonna stand up for myself and i don't have to tolerate and and to a certain extent some of that is true but we have to be careful when we are people of god of walking the fine line of trespassing against the word because our trust and our hope is not in man anyway our trust and our hope our faith is not put in these people that have hurt us our trust and our faith and our hope is not put in um, man. Our trust and our faith is in God. Even though God uses man, ultimately our trust and our faith is in God. Just like we have to recognize that our fight, our war, our battle is against the enemy. And thank you, Jesus, because this is nothing but the Holy Spirit. Definitely not planned. So therefore, when we experience these, experience these things at the hands of people, now that we've moved into a this you know walk of salvation and this relationship with Christ we have to remember the word which says we wrestle not against flesh and blood we wrestle not against people but against principalities spiritual wickedness in high places the rulers of the darkness of this world so as these things have happened to us by the physical hands of a physical person behind the scenes is the enemy just like god uses people to heal us and to come and you know whatever his plan is ultimately the glory and credit is given to him because he is the one behind the scenes same thing as far as our fight and our war and who has come to destroy us and who was trying to break us down and you know where the narcissistic uh tendencies and characteristics come from the enemy the enemy is the narcissist the enemy is the one who manifests in a person so that you now see narcissistic traits amen Okay, don't want to get too far deep off in that because that's another, that's actually an episode that's coming. But part of the, I guess, you know, me taking so long to get to this place of, wow, Lord, this is what season two is about to be, you know, what it's all about is because I I didn't quite know where to go. And I didn't want to just keep highlighting, we got trauma, we got issues, we're hurt. Yes, yes, we recognize that we have that. Yes, we know that we're carrying baggage. Yes, we know that we've got broken places within us. We know that we've got broken spaces within us, places and areas that need to be healed. All of the things that came out of season one. Now, as we press forward in the knowledge of this and recognizing, okay, Lord, you're the only one that's going to be able to heal me, restore me and make me new. So now let's let's put some action behind this. How do we press forward? What are some things we need to do? What are some things we need? How do I deal with some of these things so that I can become healed? I can become whole. I can walk in restoration. All these things that God has promised. Riding with my husband, we come to a stop sign. And I think, I can't remember, it was a, I think it was a high school sitting on the corner at the stop sign. And he 
So he reads the, the name of the school and he's like, hmm, that's weird. And I say, wow, that's a weird name to name a school because if I'm not mistaken in the Bible, I think that that, that word represents like a bad place. So I was wrong. But like always, I go to Google, I type in, you know, biblical meaning of such and such. And the first thing that I see is open spaces. And of course, it's like the aha moment. Season two. Here we are. Open space. That was a couple of weeks ago. So in these past few weeks, I've been trying to really like do the research, uh, you know, the scriptural research of Rehoboth, of the biblical definition of the scriptural context that it comes out of, and my, 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 how God has blown my mind. So it is definitely time to turn a corner. It is time to press forward out of the dry and hard places that are represented by our broken spaces, our broken places, our trauma, our hurt, our pain, um, and, and everything attached to it. We have come to these places of contention and hatred and animosity and quarrel, but we can't stay there because if we settle into those places, we will die. Okay, so what's the background for this term Rehoboth? Um, comes out of scripture, Genesis chapter 26. Um, really, it's verses one through, I would say you need to go all the way through 25 you could you could probably go to the end of the chapter okay i'm just gonna i'm not gonna of course read all those verses but i'm gonna give kind of the backdrop to understand how this wonderful term applies to where we're gonna forge uh press for onward and forward in the podcast really allowing god and his word to heal our broken places and our broken spaces so beginning of chapter 26, um, Abraham has died. So now Isaac and Rebecca, they um, have to leave Canaan because there's a famine. God tells them to leave. To, he tells them to go to this land called Gerar. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Which also happens to be the land of the Philistines. If you know anything about the Philistines, the Philistines were you know, the enemy of the children of Israel cause many problems. So they, they now have to go and dwell basically in the land of their enemy. Okay. So, and as we know, um, or hopefully, you know, we are sojourners in this world that really belongs to Satan, even though God is, you know, sovereign and provident, provident has ultimate control, but the scripture tells us that, uh, Satan is the God of this world. So just like Isaac and Rebecca having to dwell in Gerard during this time, it's kind of like us. We are on the enemy's territory. This is his land. This is his world. He, you know, he's the boss here, right? So God tells them to go and dwell there. And he repeats to them the promise that he gave to Abraham. Of course, everything that, that Isaac is about to see before him, it's not going to mirror or look anything like the promise that God has made to him. And we know that that is, the, that is a part of our struggle of being in the flesh and walking in this, this world where we are trying to press forward in faith, right? Believing the promises of God, believing that his word promises of God are yea and amen, despite the things that we see with our physical eye around us, right? So they're in this land, um, you know, he, you know, they're trying to make it and everything. And so I just want to fast forward 
to uh, verse 17. Again, I'm not reading the scripture, the, the verses, because you know there's quite a few of them. So he's he's in the valley of Gerar, and in the valley is the wells um, that Abraham once had had dug. He had dug these wells, and and you know in in uh, those times wells were important. Of course, they they symbolize blessing. So the wells had been filled in by the Philistines. They had they had filled in these wells where you draw this water, right? They had filled in these wells with 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 dirt and with earth. And so um as he's in this place, he he's going to dig out um the wells and then he's going to, you know, rename them what his father had named him. Now mind you, all this time these wells have been filled in with dirt. So so he's doing the work. He comes to the first well and he's, he's, you know, he does the work, he digs it out and there's running water. And so all of a sudden here come the Philistines talking about, uh-uh, that's our water, right? Just like the enemy who's coming to steal, he wants to steal what we have worked so hard for. So Isaac, he names this well, uh, Isaac because they quarrel with him. So that word Isaac means quarrel or contention. And we know that as we walk this walk of faith, we are constantly contending for the faith against the enemy. We are fighting to maintain our faith, not only our faith, but for the faith, meaning the gospel. We are contending not only for our faith with a small F, but the faith with a capital F against the enemy. We are constantly quarreling and battling him. Our like Literally, our everyday life is spent in some type of battle with him, whether it's the battle of the flesh against the spirit or whether it's, you know, when he is using, you know, people around us. And now we are, we are, he wants to deceive us and to believe and we're battling the people, but it's really him behind the scenes. Amen. So, but the scripture says that Isaac maintained his character. He didn't argue. He pressed on, he named that well, what he named it. And he pressed on to the second well. When he gets to the second well, he dug the, that well out as well. And now there's, you know, water in this well. So here they come again. Uh-uh, that's our water. Again, he didn't, they wanted to quarrel. They, excuse me, they wanted to argue. They wanted to fight with him. Um, So he, he didn't fight. He didn't argue. He named this well Sitna, which means accusation. So here they're, uh, coming and you know, as I'm studying this, I'm like, my lord, here is all of the characteristics of the enemy and how he works against us, um, as we are battling to make it to the other side. As we're going, as we're having to go through, he's coming to pretend against our faith, he's coming to quarrel against us, he's coming to make those accusations against us to God. The word says that he's chained behind the throne, accusing the brethren. He's standing behind the throne to God, like, uh-uh, see, they don't love you because look, they done messed up again. Uh-uh, they don't love you because look, see what they can't even get it right. He's always there to make accusations against us. So as these Philistines are trying to take something that is not rightfully theirs. He doesn't argue with them. He names this well Sitna. And it also says that he um that he he did again, he did not strive against them. And it, it reminded me of Jesus on the cross where it says no God was found in his mouth, that they did all that they, they did to him. They made all these accusations, brought all these charges against him. He never opened his mouth. And that's 
uh, true to Isaac and his character and then Jesus, our ultimate example, we, that's how we have to learn how to go through. But as we're going through, as, 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 in, as the enemy is using people, bringing people up against us, um, as we're being attacked, our name is being slandered. And, and that's the thing about social media that for the people of God, we have to walk a fine line because it appeals to everything in our flesh. Somebody make you mad, you're on social media. You're on social media arguing with people. You're on social media, you're sharing these memes that really are at the heart of them ungodly. A lot of these memes, a lot of these statuses that people make that we we latch on to and we're sharing, they're false doctrine. Anything that goes against the word of God is false doctrine. And so we're we're promoting and we're uh, almost like propagating, we're sharing these statuses, we're giving it... um. You know, we're putting steam behind it with the likes and the shares and things are, that are going viral, and they're not even godly. When we're supposed to be taking after, we're supposed to be following after the scripture and following after these godly examples of how God and, and ultimately Jesus, who's the ultimate example of how we're supposed to go through, how we're supposed to deal with people, how we're supposed to deal with people when they're being used of the enemy and they're mistreating us and they're talking about us and they're using us and they're abusing. I mean, specific scriptures that tell us specifically what to do, but yet we buy into the Bible of Facebook or we buy into the Bible of Instagram or we buy into the Bible of Twitter and we're doing what the world tells us to do. Amen. We got to get away from that. Okay. So again, Isaac, he's not quarreling. He's not arguing. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to press on to the next wheel. Okay. Just like the enemy is contending against you. So here, Isaac and Rebecca, they're in not only a hard place, but a dry place. Hard hard places that we face in life where we want to quit and we want to give up. Things that seem like they're just too hard for us to, to overcome. Too hard for us to heal from. Too hard for us to forgive. Too hard for us to forget. The dry places where we are so discouraged, we feel no encouragement. We don't feel the refreshing of the Lord. We feel as though we have been forgotten. We have been forsaken. We have been abandoned, right? This is how we're feeling. And the enemy, of course, is going to try to magnify those feelings. But that's when we have to remember the word of God, okay? So, this is the place that Isaac is in. He, 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 he is being obedient to what God told him to do. He told God told him to come and dwell here. He told him, don't go down here to where, you know, to the land I gave you. I need you to go over here and I need you to dwell here. He comes to dwell in this place that God has told him to. And it's like, wow, Lord, I, I'm sure Isaac probably felt like, you know, every time I feel like I'm taking a step forward with these wells, it's like, okay, they over here hating. They trying to take my stuff. They're quarreling against me. They're fighting against me. Okay, I'm going to just press forward. I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to keep it moving. Every time I take a step forward, God, here comes opposition. I'm in the face of opposition, knocking me 10 steps backwards. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm doing the work and digging out these wells. I'm trying to provide for, you know, my family, my wife and everything. I'm coming up against this opposition. I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to do this your way, God. I just want to quit. I'm discouraged. I give up. I got all of this junk that I'm carrying, promises that you made to my dad who is no longer here. I'm I'm not seeing it. everything around me is not showing me any of what you what you promised, you know, my father. Um but then there's something in him that continues to cause him to walk by faith and not by sight, not focus on what he sees. So that next will that he gets to brings us to verse 
22. So let's back up to 21. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna, verse 22. And he moved from there. So I ain't gonna argue. I have nothing to say. I'm not gonna fight with you because I'm not going to engage the enemy. Amen. We have to learn sometimes when we are, all the time, when we are dealing with people. I wish you could see my hand. Bite that tongue. If you gotta literally... One of my spiritual mothers says that our mouth has a landing place for the tongue. Down at the bottom, uh, uh, let that tongue fall flat. Don't always engage with people because who you're really arguing with is the enemy. And when you engage in a battle with him and fight in your flesh, you're going to lose every time. The scripture says that the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. They're not in our flesh. The weapons that we fight with are not in the flesh. They are not a fleshly means, but they are what mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold, every stronghold, but they are only mighty in the spirit, learning to war in the spirit, putting on spiritual armor. Okay. Going into uh, Ephesians and, and learning the spiritual armor, learning not only what spiritual, what does that, what does that really look like? What does that mean? What is the breastplate of righteousness? What is the helmet of salvation? What is the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the, the belt of truth. Okay. It is it literally, it is a suit that we put on and that's how we war against the enemy. Not with our mouth, not with our fist. Okay, those are the weapons of our warfare. Okay, so he, nope, 22 says, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. I want to stop there. Why didn't they quarrel over it? Because the Lord would not let them. The Lord did not allow it. It was the place of of an open space. It was the place of um, where the Lord was making room for him. It was the place where God was giving to move into the inheritance. Only God could give it. And so if God could give it, guess what? The enemy can't steal it. It was the his broad place. Okay. The place of rest, the place of promise, the place of freedom, the place of purpose, the place of destiny. Sounding familiar? So season one dealt with all of these things that come up against us, all of these things that we have going on, all of the opposition, all of the hurt, pain, trauma that is if we don't deal with it and if we don't heal from it, it hinders our ability from doing what? Being able to make it to the place of Rehoboth, being able to make it to that broad place that in Psalms 18, 19, it says the Lord brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. He rescued me because he was pleased with me. God was able to bring Isaac. So Isaac went through the testing, digging those First of all, coming into the land of the enemy, leaving his home, coming into the land of the enemy, digging those wells, coming up against the opposition. And what was his test? Being able to go through, be obedient, keep his mouth closed, not engage and argue with the enemy, but keep his mouth closed, keeping the faith so that the Lord can now bring him into his broad place. Why? Because he was tested, tried, and proved, and the Lord was delighted in him the lord was pleased where do we where else do we hear that in scripture where 
What does God say about Jesus? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Or, uh, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Same thing here. Isaac had to go through the go-through in order to get to his Rehoboth, in order to get to his broad place, in order to get to the open space. What does open space represent? Opportunity. In scripture, it represents rest, the place of promise, purpose, destiny. The children of Israel had to press through. They had to go through their testing in the wilderness. They had to be willing to push through in obedience. What did they now? If you want to talk, if you want the opposite of what Isaac did, look at the children of Israel murmuring and groaning and complaining the entire time. They groan and complain. Oh my God, this is horrible. Why do I have to go through this? Why do we have to do this? Just take me back to where I sound. Does it sound like anything that we do? God is looking for us to go through in obedience, go through with our mouth shut, go through without complaining, be thankful even in the hard places, be thankful, hallelujah, even in the dry places, trusting and believing that on the other side of it is our ray above, is our broad place. For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Same thing for us. So as we move into season two, of the podcast this is where we are pressing towards we are pressing to get to that place of inheritance that only god can prepare for us and only god can say okay come on in and receive it you can't force your way into destiny i know we believe we can we can manifest (laughs) but you can't force your 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 way into what only God can give you, what only God can open the door and say, enter in the joy of the Lord. You can't, you can't uh, press your way into that. You can't do it your way and then kick the door down and say, I'm here. And if you feel like that you've done that, that's a deception of the enemy. And you're not on the, you're not in the land of inheritance, but you're in the, the place of deception of the enemy. That's another topic for another day. So just like the enemy can't give it to you, he can't take it away from you either because it's a promise. Destiny is a promise. It's it's uh, at the end of the steps that have been ordered by God. And the word says that whose steps are ordered? Righteous. The one who does it God's way. Doesn't mean the perfect man. It means the man who has submitted and surrendered and is willing to do it God's way. You can't get God's stuff doing it the devil's way. Amen. Amen. Also recognizing, just like we got to quit the moaning and the groaning and the grumbling and complaining, be aware of being cynical and feeling like, so as Isaac is going through this, you know, he he passes one well and he saw how it went. Now he done got to the second well and it goes just, the experience is the same as the first one. But we, what we have a tendency to do is like, why, why am I even trying when this all it's going to do is just fall apart like it did these last two wells. Isaac didn't have that mentality. He pressed forward in faith. You know what? Okay, fine. They argue with me about that. I'm just going to go to the next well. Oh, they, and I'm, it's not to say that he probably wasn't a little irritated or frustrated in the spirit. However, he pressed forward in faith in God. He did not let what the Philistines were saying and doing deter him from from believing and trusting God, going to John 7, 38. He who believes in me, he who trusts in me, 
He who doesn't doubt me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. These wells are representative of living water. We know that 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 John 738 scripture is the reference to the Holy Spirit. But again, the, the, the symbolism is there. So uh, Isaac didn't become he didn't allow what he was experiencing and what he was facing to make him cynical or or to doubt or to you know kind of just throw his hand like man whatever this, this, it's all about to just it's just gonna fall apart and it, it's not gonna work out because I, I, I tried to do something like this before and it didn't work out i i tried to hold bible studies before and did nobody participate ain't nobody they, they're not gonna amen preaching to myself on that one okay so what do we get out of this like i said short episode preparing us for season two what do we get out of isaac's experience life is going to be full of broken places and broken spaces sometimes full of quarrels warring against you know people as the enemy is using them and sometimes using us full of contention people that are coming against us people that don't want to see us succeed people that don't want to see us make it the enemy who doesn't want to see us make it hatred the enemy using people to hate you and and you haven't done anything to them. Sometimes you've got people that hate you simply because it's the enemy behind the scenes, not because you've done anything to them. Sometimes people hate you because of the anointing that you have. Sometimes people hate you for the blessings that are on your life, the favor that is on your life. Nothing you've done wrong, but that's the enemy behind the scenes. Accusations, slander, people lying on your name, people making things up about you, people talking about you. Okay, all of this, we we are going to experience these these things. One, because our Savior did, he he battled against all of that as he's trying to come down and do the work of the Father. Kingdom of Heaven is at hand, trying to get people to repent. He is the gospel, Amen. He had to face all of that. If he suffers, so will we. So he battled Satan. So do we. Life is going to be full of these things because we battle the enemy who has come to do what steal, kill, and destroy. However, we have to keep moving forward. How do we move forward? By faith. We can't get deterred by what we see. And I it is I know that it sometimes is it's easier said than done, but we have to press, we have to push, we have to crawl, we have to um endeavor, meaning we have to set purpose that no matter what I see, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to believe his word. I'm going to trust him. My faith is in him. I'm going to think back to all of the times that he's never felt me. And I'm going to let that be my push in my back, my motivation to keep going. I'm not going to get deterred by what I see. Amen. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to trust his promises because the word is not, God is not a man that he should lie. This is his word. Jesus is the word made flesh. So his promises are yea and amen. I'm going to believe that he he will do what he said. He is going to bring me into the broad places. He is going to bring me out of these broken places and these broken spaces. He's going to heal me and bring me into the broad place. He's going to make room for me. He is going to make the opportunity for me to, I'm going to be fruitful um, in him. Amen. Your place of Rehoboth, your your broad place, your open space is where things will begin to turn around. Trust me as I minister this 
to you through this podcast because I am in my place of Rehoboth. I and 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 sometimes we we um you know you know our walk is in cycles, right? So you're gonna you may cycle, you know, you you may have to come back to another hard place, another dry place. Um, but what's supposed to happen is as we go through and as we learn that we get stronger, right? We get wiser. It's not gonna take us as long to to enduring go through this place to get to the next broad place okay but your place of Rehoboth is where things begin to turn around okay if you continue reading past verse 22 after he made it to the next well where they didn't fight against him and so he saw fit to name this well Rehoboth because he you know the Lord had now made room for them and he didn't have to struggle and fight and come and you know face contention and everything it says that from there they went to Beersheba and here is where the Lord met him and here is where he God reiterated to Isaac the promise that he had made to Abraham and I am going to read that real quick verse 24 and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said I am the God of your father Abraham do not fear for I am with you. Hallelujah. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he, verse 25, he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. Now, let me stop there. The, the, the significance of that, you see that a lot in the Old Testament, that as they were going through, they had to physically sojourn through certain you know, experiences and territories and things like that. And when they would come to certain places where there was a revelation or God would meet them there, they would build an altar. Why? Because, it, because they, that was a place where they worshiped. They built an altar to worship God for whatever that revelation was, whatever that blessing was, whatever God did at that place. They built an altar to commemorate what God had did. They they worshiped him there. Um, and it says, uh, and, and the rest of that verse says that uh, Abraham pitched a tent, meaning that he dwelt there and, and they, they dug another well. Okay. So again, the well being the symbol of the blessing of God. Here is where God reconfirmed to Isaac the promises that he had made to Abraham. So now we see the transfer, right? Where God promised to Abraham that his descendants would be blessed. Well, here it is immediately. Abraham is dead. Here's his son. His son walks in the way of his father. And even and the thing about that we have to remember about the children of Israel is that this is a promise, unconditional, right? So here we see the promise that he's made to Abraham being fulfilled. It now the promise now is passed down to his son. And finally, our quote unquote here to their struggle. So uh, here for the children of Israel being in slavery, they're trying to, you know, press through the wilderness to get to the promised land. Isaac, the here leaving Canaan, coming into Gerard, trying to get to the there, which would have been Beersheba, where God reconfirms the promise. Oftentimes for us, our here is this broken place, this broken space, this place of wanting to give up, this place of hurt, this place of um, wanting companionship, you know, in, in a you know a blessed godly way. Like I, I don't want to just be sleeping around. I want a husband, or I want a baby, or I, you know, I want to know what God's purpose for me. What, what is my, you know, what is my gifting or my calling? Whatever the here to there, that here to there struggle, that that place in the middle, right, is the place that builds our character and prepares us to walk in purpose. We want to skip over the middle part 
and we want to go right into destiny. When the character that is needed to sustain the blessings attached to the promise, hallelujah, the, the, the middle part that is meant to prepare us for, for walking in promise, that middle part is important. It's the place where um, we are really made into to what God needs us to be. If we continue in faith in that middle part, in due season, God will bring us into the promise. Be not weary in well-doing because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. If you don't become disobedient and want to do it your own way. If you don't mumble, groan, and complain. If you don't waddle in your hard place, waddle in your dry place, put on your trauma as a cloak or a badge of honor and walk around in it, but never really moving forward to the place of Rehoboth, moving forward to the place of healing, moving forward to the place of restoration. Amen. This is what season two is all about. Amen. God, you are awesome. You are mighty. You are great and greatly to be praised. Oh God, how we thank you that your promises are yea and amen. We thank you, Father God, that you desire to bring your people from the places of here, hallelujah, from the places of struggle, from the places of quarrel and contention, from the places where there is hatred and accusation. Oh God, we thank you that you see fit to move us into the there, hallelujah, the Rehoboth, the broad place, the open space, the place, oh God, in the name of Jesus, where you make room for us, the place, Father God, where we will be fruitful in our land. Hallelujah. Oh God, I ask that you bless all those under the sound of my voice, God, giving them heart's desires to yield to you, that you may be able to lead them through their process, lead them from their here to their there, that they may walk in destiny, oh God, so that all glory can be given to your name. These things and all things we ask in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Until next time, be blessed.